hello, Joanna. And hello, everyone. Hello, everyone. We are Stranger Than. We're a podcast that discusses the strange, the misunderstood, the mysterious, the unsolved, the creepy. And all the happenings. All of the happenings. <laughs> With some smatterings of phenomena. I'm just so used to the creepy happenings, so. I'm sorry that you're so used to creepy happenings. Creepy happenings happen, so. Unfortunately. Yes, that majorly, unfortunately, oh my god. So many creepy happenings happening. It's the worst. It is. I don't get creeped on that much. Well, you're lucky. Yes. I get creeped on a lot. Yes. You know, I, I was on vacation. Right. Well, you know that because, you know, yes. you, had to, you had to do the whole solo episode. Because I was a slacker taking some time off, but I really needed it. Anyways, Saratoga, Wyoming. Great place to go. Awesome hot springs. Super deep. Super hot. How like how deep do you know? Or just like Like once you they have kind of a it's like a cement pool and so you can sit down and you're probably it's probably like chest to neck height, depending on how tall you are. Oh, okay. And if you stand up and walk across the other side, it's probably again low chest height. Oh, okay. So not deep like diving deep but still like you'd have to actually swim probably five feet at least yeah and they they have another pool too that's right off to the side of it and then there's like actually the river is behind it and there's like a, a rock pool the hot springs isn't as hot there but there is like a, a, a rocked off area that's right on the river if you're if you're wanting to like not be in like something man-made oh yeah open to the public 24 7 and free we went there at midnight was that just the time you were in the area or did you and the kids just like plan we got on going there we got time? there probably like 10 30 and then eight like we had to go to the convenience store across the street because like saratoga wyoming is tiny and that was the only thing that was open so oh right yeah we had like hot pockets at the hotel room and just kind of relaxed for a little bit and then went there. It was like two blocks from where we were staying. So I'll get to the creepy thing. It was actually not creepy, but there we got there at midnight and there was a handful of people there. And at the second pool, there was this one guy and he and Jarek started talking a little bit. And right then, I had to go to the locker for Olivia and Scarlet for some reason. I think I had to go back out to the car and get more towels because I only brought two in because I just didn't want to bring a ton of shit just in just in case like the whole thing was like not great and it was just a bus you didn't want to have to right. cart, cart a whole bunch of shit back to the car right exactly so I went to get more shit from the car and when I got back the girls were kind of waiting at the entrance. Like at the locker room part of it, it's it's all pretty closely connected. And I said, "Where's Jarek?" And they told me that he had gone to the rock to the river with that guy. Oh. So after, and I mean, I wasn't like worried or anything, but I was just like, "Oh, okay." So after we soaked in the big pool for a while, I was like, "Well, let's go find where they are." And there was a little trail down, and we went in there, and they're having this this talk. And turns out the guy was like super nice. <laughs> 
he 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 found Jesus. He was a big fan of Jesus. Oh well, that's that's something. Loved Colorado. Um, yeah, just a really like nice guy. Had a family and everything. Now, the reason Jarek had gone back there was because he was worried at first that the guy might be like a creeper to me. Right. So he's like, oh, okay, well, I'll go back and like have this guy show me because he was offering to show him where the, the rock pool was. He's like, well, I'll just go with him. go so, and see. Yeah. yeah. So that, so that he wouldn't be like creeping on me. I was like, that's the sweetest thing ever. That's very nice. Oh, glad he wasn't creeping on you too. Right. And he actually turned out to be a really nice guy, but he just didn't know at first. And he knows how like fucking oh, guys yeah. will, like act around me and stuff. Oh, yeah, so totally. He's like, dude, I'm just going to get this, get rid of this guy. I'll go to the freaking river with this guy and so keep, would... keep him out of my mom's hair. But he actually turned out to be this really nice guy. And uh, I guess like he had like four kids and his baby just died. Like they're his fifth kid. And... Wow. Yeah. Like they had this huge deep conversation. Like he didn't bring it up to me and the girls when we joined him. Um, but yeah, it was like really sad. And he was just there trying to, you know, get away and meditate and deal with this loss and pretty crazy actually yeah god damn mm-hmm. yep well i'm glad he didn't end up being just some creeper yeah he actually ended up being a really really nice guy and he uh you know said a prayer for us and he asked permission and i mean that's fine when people want to do that like i i think it's kind of flattering when someone who really believes in prayer wants to wants to give you one of theirs that's pretty awesome sure yeah i mean I mean, if they're not being, like, pushed, you know, like, you know, dear Lord, please let Joanna stop being a horrible sinner when it's just some, when it's just something, like, super positive, like, I'm, I'm all for that. That's fine by me. Yeah. I mean, it's, if it's a nice thing, like, mm-hmm. oh, man, just, like, try to help this person out. It's like, yeah, that's, that's great. It's yeah. Cool. Thanks. So we're going to be talking about some people that are known to help others in a religious capacity. That is our topic for today's show. Indeed it is. Today, we will be talking about the Society of Jesus. Whose members are known as the Jesuits. And they're led by a man called the Superior General. And it is always a man because this is a a men's only deal. Right. This is a monostatic order. Yes. No girls allowed. No girls allowed. With the backwards S. No girls allowed in every sense of, I mean, you can't be a member and no girls allowed for the guys who are allowed. Nope, they have to take a vow of chastity. Mm-hmm. The superior general of the Jesuits is also known as the Black Pope. He's called this kind of because he's got black clothing worn and the fact that he leads a large number of Catholics. So, you know, the Pope, the pope wears white. This guy wears black just because the Jesuits wear black. Kind of like, you know, because they're kind of heavy like that. Though this is a scholarly order, the founding members were mostly military men. Ignatius of Loyola, who was canonized in 1922 by Pope Pius II, co-founded the order and became its first superior general in 1541. He was almost unanimously voted into this position, himself being the only person to oppose the appointment. Seven years previous to this, Ignatius and six co-founders met in Montmartre at the martyrdom of St. Denis, where they took vows of poverty, chastity, 
and obedience. On a pilgrimage to Jerusalem, which, of course, they could not do because there are some wars in Turkey, and so you couldn't really get through. Yeah, that that was made a little bit impossible. So instead, they decided to go to Rome. That's right. Is that correct? That's right. First off, their vows were received by Pierre Favre, who was the only one in the group who was a priest. In 1540 is when they ended up actually making it to Rome. This is when Pope Paul III gave the Society of Jesus approval with the bull Regimini Militantis Ecclesiae, but their numbers were limited to 60. So no more than 60 in that order. That's it. But this is when they were officially recognized as a branch of... As a order of Catholicism. Yes. Kind of like the Franciscan monks and yep, the, the Benedictine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep, yep. The Knights Templar. Exactly. The reason these guys formed the Society of Jesus was a pretty simple and a fairly wholesome one. They were friends and they wanted to do stuff together and have something that was always between them. Jesus and friends. What That's more do you need? Right. That's right. The church can send them anywhere they want, so they just always wanted to have this bond. So that's why they find they formed the Society of Jesus. They are mostly military men, but the first thing they did was set up colleges and set up charities for groups such as Jews who had converted to Catholicism and people who were former prostitutes. Ignatius was a soldier. Yes. And his leg was shattered by a cannonball in battle. And that's kind of how he found his calling because 1521 is when this happened and we're talking yeah no painkillers no casts i imagine it's maybe you bandaged was... it and like put like some st- you know who knows this is but your leg is shattered yeah. it's probably bleeding on the inside you know all the broken bones and it's one of those things where it's like, okay, just sit here forever until it heals, and hopefully you don't die of sepsis. Yeah, it either heals or you're going to die. Exactly. it's not going to be a nice death. Exactly. During this time, he began to turn to prayer and started what I guess you could say today was mindful meditation. So he did mindful praying instead of just an impulse coming to him like, oh, God damn it, it hurts. I kind of want to die, but I kind of don't. Don't let me die, God. He did more focused, trying to imagine himself as Jesus on the cross. I imagine that probably wasn't a far stretch considering the amount of pain he probably was in yeah, for a yeah. long time. Definitely. I can... <laughs> can't be nice. But over the ensuing months and years, even, it started to really help him. And he kind of became enlightened. He wrote a whole book on mindful prayer. I can't recall the title. It was probably really long. No, it was actually like, it's two words. Oh, really? It's like prayer practices or something. Oh, wow. Weird. <laughs> Usually books of this time were very long. Yeah, no, it was... It was uh, it was like the practice of prayer or something like that. And people read it. People read it to this day. Oh, I'll be damned. Yeah. So that, that was, that's kind of a hallmark of their practice. Meditative praying, mindful praying, taking time out of the day to do it. Not just because it's routine or you have to, but, to, you know, to really focus on things and yeah. to think about 
what came to you and yeah not just reactionary but like with a, exactly. with a purpose exactly praying with a purpose and he kind of went a little well i won't say he went crazy but he got so caught up with beginning to love god and being wanting to be closer to god that this is when he he gave up all his worldly possessions huh he lived in a cave for a while he denied himself food he did self-flagellation until he finally kind of gets this epiphany that actually he needs to be well in order to be able to be in a, a meditative state and to know what God wanted from him. Yeah, yeah. At this point, I think he goes to some university in France, and that's when he meets his pals. And he starts introducing them to the meditative prayer and the mindful praying. And... They really like it. It was a thing that caught on. Yeah. Ignatius died in 1556, and by that time, the Society of Jesus was operating 74 colleges on three continents and is what the liberal arts education evolved from. Liberal arts has nothing to do with politics, despite it being called liberal arts. It's just subjects like science, both physical and social, philosophy, literature, math. Those sorts of things. I think we need to get off that stupid word. Yes. Just in general. Well, Republican has very many different meanings as well. Like, I can liberally apply a lot of paint to the wall. You can. Mm-hmm. So many ways. So many ways. And people just... It's so reactive these days. Like, oh, so what are you going to... Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, just had to put that plug in there. Well, we since we mentioned the p word. The p word. <laughs> when this sort of curriculum was developed, it was considered everything that a free person needed to know. The Jesuits came about during a tremulous time for Catholicism. Pro oh yeah. Protestants were challenging Catholic political power, religiously and socially. There's yeah, Luther was doing his thing. Martin Luther. Yep. At this time was, well, went from frowned on to a capital offense to be a Jesuit in That's Protestant cool. territories. And, yeah. And, you know, you don't want to be committing capital offenses back in the day because that probably carried some hefty punishment. No, yeah. In England, there was a point in time where you would be put to death for being a Jesuit. Or you could be. Nevertheless, they were a huge force in the spread of Catholic education, and they grew in power quickly. I'm not sure when they disregarded the only 60 members thing, but it didn't take long. I'm sure it just took maybe another pope to just amend it. Or that same pope later on just released another announcement that was like, whatever. Like, never mind on that. Being relatively new to the game, the old guard viewed them and their new ideas with suspicion. Probably for good reason. Well, you know, they're still viewed with quite a bit of suspicion, as I found out when I was researching this. Very true. But pretty much as soon as it started, they were viewed with suspicion. Well, for one thing, they like learning. I think that... <laughs> yes. That right there, just just that's like a black mark against you. It's like what you like to learn. Like, whoa, whoa, you like to learn and you like to teach others? Right. Whoa, other people whoa, should be whoa, learning whoa, whoa. and you think that that's okay? Like, because, I mean, the cornerstone of every... 
religion is to I mean, they love it if you're ignorant oh yeah fear and ignorance is just the best way to control uh, control, control a populace control, yep. yep it's all about control and staying in power so if you have people that learn and question things like nobody nobody likes that oh yeah and then they're learning they're teaching they're questioning things and they're also noticing the corruption in the church already this bullshit going on in the upper ranks where they're getting paid off and very games of thronesy really mm-hmm. but they also have positions of power they're a recognized branch so it's not just a non-religious lay person right for lack of a better term pointing out all these corruptions and it's just like well whatever fuck you it's like they're an established order and they're like oh hey like it's kind of fucked up the way you guys mm-hmm. do this 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 and this so also the the name they chose was sort of a spiritual flex the society of jesus that means they get to be called jesuits the brotherhood of saint gregory members are gregorians order of saint benedict are called benedictines you get the picture it was considered bad form to have jesus in the name of the order an unspoken rule because of course everyone wanted to have their order be named after jesus but the this and that of jesus just hadn't been done so they you know were just being polite you know like a gentleman's agreement like oh we're not going to be the brotherhood or the society or the order we're not going to be the dicks that actually use the name everybody wants to use the name so no one uses the name and we're not going to be the ones that do it but and these guys come along and they're just like society of jesus we're the jesuits what up yeah as we said they were men of knowledge and so of course they went to explore the new world as soon as they could get over there i was reading about one of the original members who was ignatius's best friend kind of okay. like besties francis xavier after they become all official and everything Ignatius sends him on some mission trips. Would you believe dude went to India? Oh, yeah. Dude went to India. Dude went to Japan and China. Just bumping around. I mean, they'd had that road for a while. The Silk Road went all the way to China. Not to Japan, of course, but uh, India and China were known about, but still. Those are really ballsy shit to do. Go walking out there and be like, what's 1540 up? 1540 something. Yeah. 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 Dangerous. Very dangerous. In fact, China proved to be the most dangerous. The other, like in India and in Japan, they kind of like tolerated his presence, but they're like, yeah, we're not going to convert. Like you like, are in no. the wrong place, fella. China, however, was known to really hate westerners at the time and if they found them like they come they come on their ship and land they're just like oh yeah we're taking you prisoner now and we're just gonna like torture you and kill you take your shit and kill you yeah so he actually never even actually made it to china he was like right he was like on some island off of china oh and then he was captured and killed no he just kept waiting for this boat that never came that promised to take him to the mainland oh and then the the guy who was supposed to take him ended up abandoning him and he was like with some dying person because of course he administered to the sick and dying wherever he went oh yeah just got right in there 
and I think he did end up making it off there, but he died pretty shortly after because he was pretty malnourished and fucked up. Yeah. But I, I was just really impressed by all the places he went at that time. Not and then just got right in task. like everyone's having like famine and civil war and there's disease and he's just like, hey, here I am. Oh, look, sick beggars. Like, let me help you. Dressed in black. Mm hmm. <laughs> just he just got right in it. Well, that's that's pretty much what they did. They would they wanted in on that sweet, sweet heathen conversion. I mean, who doesn't? Tastes great. I like that they did it in a in a nicer way, though. Oh, like let me let me way, let me heal oh, yeah. all the people that nobody even wants to to touch or be anywhere near. Not like let's kill everyone, like sort of the Spanish Inquisition style. Right, right. You know, the Spanish Inquisition actually questioned Ignatius a couple of times, like not questioned questions, like torture question, but he was kind of on their yeah. radar a little bit. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, because they, they were. This is when they were first getting like popular, and it's like, hmm, I don't know about these guys. They probably thought that way for many of the orders. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure. Like, probably everybody's sure on the Spanish Inquisition's not, yeah. radar. The Spanish Inquisition is on the Spanish Inquisition's radar. <laughs> but yeah, they're 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 leading by example. They're they're trying to actually follow the ways of Jesus. In the New World, they did just that they kind of jesus their way through it they advocated heavily for the natives and not just advocated in quotation marks but actually advocated for them like wouldn't let them be enslaved by colonial powers that went over famously with the colonial powers oh, they I'm sure. absolutely loved it but these guys did that and I'm sure some of many slipped through the cracks. This is the 1540s. Uh, well, like, you know, 16, 1700s at this point. Still, they were better doing more for human rights then than a lot of people are doing now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they would throw down from time to time. I think they... Wasn't it a Jesuit who killed William of Orange in Ireland? He was a Protestant. Ooh. I mean, they were really against, uh, even though they were kind of a reformation of the Catholic Church, they were still fucking Catholic. Oh, yeah. They did not like oh, the, yeah. the Protestants. No, no, no. Like, Martin Luther would not have been their pal. No. Probably, no, though, if he had, like, plague, they'd be like, okay, I'm going to nurse you back to hell. But that's just because that's what Brian Wotano would do. Mm-hmm. So they definitely felt like Protestants were, like, heretics, but I don't think they were, like... Oh, hey, let's murder a lot of people. But it, it definitely went against their bullies. They were hardcore. Yeah. They were hardcore for Christ. Yeah. In, in yeah. the Catholic. In the Catholic vein. Yeah, definitely. Mm -hmm. Now, they did fight for the natives and, and what have you, but it's not like they were Disney princessing around and the natives of the areas were all like the, the animals flying to them. They were still they were still viewed with suspicion by very many people it wasn't just like oh it's the jesuits yay they still carry disease with them and you know they still decimated tribes of people because they didn't know any better maybe right and i'm sure every every group has its bad apples too i'm yeah. sure not every single jesuit was like a hundred percent 
on the up and up. Yeah. Doing all the followings. And then it's also at the point where it's just kind of common knowledge, I'm sure, that avoiding white people is just the best thing to do. <laughs> I'm sure that that... I'm sure that caught on pretty yeah. quick. Especially um, in South America. Oh, man. Well, you didn't have time to avoid them. You just you died first. Yeah, yeah. By the time you realize, like, maybe we shouldn't be around these guys, you're already, like, dying you, of smallpox. Yep. And your whole family has died. Or something else. Whatever else. The Moneta Secreta is an alleged leaked document from Superior General Claudio Aquaviva to those under him as to how to expand the power and wealth of the Society of Jesus. Jerome Zarowski, a Pole, was a Jesuit expelled for disciplinary reasons in 1611. Oh, see? Bad apple. Right there. In 1612, in Krakow, Poland, the Moneta surfaced in handwritten form and was said to have been translated from its original Spanish. Did the guy who was expelled do the translation? Yes. And did it seem to not favor the Jesuits? It put him in a bad light, perhaps? There were methods of wealth gathering that seemed a bit shady. They had taken a vow of poverty, but there were ways on how they could hide the wealth that they've accumulated from any nosy princes or kings poking their noses into things. Well, you know what? That's okay. I think given the times, I'd probably want to hide my wealth, too, because... Who knows, just one day some new king's going to come mow everyone down and be like, oh, hey, all your money's mine now, by hey, the way. Hey, look what happened to the Templars. Yeah. And the Templars were a bunch of hardcore motherfuckers. Mm-hmm. They didn't give a fuck about, like, the sick. <laughs> no. They were like, we just want to kill. They will we make you sick, and then they will make you dead if you get in their way. So I don't but think there's anything pilgrim, wrong with uh, tidying your money away from others in power that could take it or kill you but it was it. put here in a light that made it seem mm -hmm. like oh they were tr they were very wealthy and this vow of poverty was just a way of them getting around paying taxes and what have you well churches do that to this day that's true they don't have to pay taxes they don't have to pay taxes still it also and some are genuinely give back and some don't and some yeah. don't some uh has seem to have a lot of wealth yeah. going on there that seemed like there's no reason you shouldn't pay taxes yes yeah yes i agree mm -hmm. i would say though yeah i and you can't you can't go to all these places for free do they just let you on board for free do they give you food no you gotta buy your way it, mission work costs money yeah it does it also talks of ways of sort of conniving nobles out of money, befriending them and befriending their servants and like getting their servants to put in a good word and, you know, sort of just tricking them out of their money or that's called fundraising. Okay? How that's... you should <laughs> how you should go and uh, hit up the, the wealthy widow, like make sure she's not out meeting some man to come in and take the money so that she can give the money to you instead and to the church, you know. It really painted them as this insidious, power-and-wealth-hungry, clandestine group. If true, it would in pretty much invalidate any of their good acts because of it all points to the end game of getting money and power. Well, you know, any organization that relies on donation 
I'm sure has a little handbook for how to get tips and tricks for when you're cold calling people and trying to get them to donate. Right, right. A little bit different cold calling and actively going to someone's castle and talking them out of gold or whatever. I don't think they were trying to swindle anybody, but well, I, I can believe they were trying to talk people up. They needed money. They needed funding. Well, the thing about this document, it was first declared a hoax in 1616, five years later, by Bishop Lipsky of Krakow. There is some debate still as to his authenticity, but there's not many credible people who believe it to be a real thing. Chances, so everyone thinks that the, this guy wrote it. It was probably written by this guy just to slander the, the order because he got kicked out of it. He was pissed off. Mm-hmm. Just like that stupid king, King Philip, King Philip the Dick. He oh, wasn't, yeah. He wasn't accepted into the Knights Templar. Yep. So yeah. then, you know, look what happens. Exactly. And he needed some cash. And guess what? In he didn't get it. That's he, what. <laughs> no, he did not. <laughs> In the 1750s, the Jesuits ran 700 colleges and 200 seminaries. Seminaries, I guess, are religious schools where they train folks to be clergy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They numbered 22,000, which at the time was a hundredth of a percent of the world's population. How many people is that? It's like the world's population at that point then. It was something like uh, 220 million or something. Wow, only 220 million people? Yeah, it was... Up until there were a billion people, it was kind of a slow growth. And then 1 billion to 2 billion was really fast. And it just blew up wow. after that. I don't have the exact numbers for that. But it was... Population growth is is a crazy a crazy thing. It's all exponential, you know? Because mm -hmm. so, like, it's, it's easy. And then once medicine was involved and people were still having eight babies and seven were living instead of two mm -hmm. that did a whole lot oh yeah i bet yeah. that that helped things grow quite a bit what are we at now like six billion no, 7.6 billion that's a lot of people's it was also the time of the enlightenment people weren't turning to faith for answers anymore so much as science and were more interested in humanism than their paintings not. got so much nicer. Yeah, everything. It was got just much everyone nicer. in in like a powdered wig and some satin clothes, and they'll have like a telescope in their hand and a globe. It was because suddenly science is cool. Suddenly the the you know the Crusades had stopped. There was sciences from the east flowing over to the west, and we got medicine and math and sanitation. Basically, all the shit that was lost when Rome fell. and We had come uh, out of the dark times. It's no longer these uh, apocalyptic paintings of skeletons and devils tormenting people and death. It was like, oh, look, everything's pretty now and sciency. And the people in charge were starting to be more of the opinion that the papacy could police and policy the soul. But their earthly kingdoms were earthly and theirs. So no more like putting people to death for... Bullshit. Yeah. Like the Pope not calling the shots in Europe anymore. They're just like, we don't really want to do that anymore. And... If you're going to like openly... We're not going to let you punish us for it. 
engage in criminal behavior, that's one thing. But if you're just like, I'm a reformist or I have a Bible in my possession, that's no longer grounds for being burnt no. alive. No, regular yeah. people are allowed to learn to know how to read and stuff. Mm-hmm. And the Much Jes- better time. <laughs> yes. The Jesuits at this point were kind of the face of Catholicism because they were everywhere. Like I said, they were a hundredth of a percent of the world's population. So chances are pretty good if you were not someplace that was super in the sticks, you had run into a Jesuit at some point in your life. They didn't have any particular clothing they had to wear. They just normally dressed in black. At this time, they'd have like the little cape thingy. They still sometimes wear that little cape thing. They'd have the wide-brimmed hat just because that was the style of the time and it kept the sun out of your eyes, I'm sure. They started getting kicked out of places. Really? Portugal in 1759 was the first place. And then France. And then the Spanish Empire in 1767. And then Austria in 1770 and basically every place. Now, when it's Portugal and France and Austria, we're also talking their places over in the Americas which means they're out of South America, they're out of Mexico. Pretty beneficial for the Spanish Empire because suddenly they've got all this Jesuit land. They had haciendas that were making, just churning out cash. So they just took these things over and, well, didn't really use them as good as the Jesuits did. And so they didn't really capitalize as much as they could have. In France, they got, you know, in New France, they got wiped out of, you know, Quebec and and that kind of area in Canada. Well, the British kind of snaked a lot of their stuff. The France, the French didn't quite get as much of that as they as they could have or wanted, I'm sure. They got outdicked. Yep. The actual official suppression was ordered in 1773, so they were kicked out of places first and then suppressed by the church. Places that they had established. Oh yeah. Themselves, they had gone down to all these places and set things up and now they weren't being killed this wasn't like another right. knight's this templar wasn't like thing. knight's templar they're not killing they're just like you just gotta get out of here yeah, like this you, is ours now you don't have to go home but you can't stay here yeah and they were allowed in russia because catherine the great was like come on fucking set up colleges jesuits come to russia prussia was the same like come colleges prussia is now austria I don't think there's even an Austria anymore, is there? There's Austria. Is there still? an Austria? Yeah, there's oh, still yeah. Austria. Uh, Prussia. I, I, Prussia, it's, it's hard to say. Yeah. It was I probably can't. something that was a part of all kinds of things that changed since World War II. I know. The, yeah. Talk I, about the uh, population changing. Yeah. Yeah. The map. Man. The uh, invisible lines. The lines <laughs> and that the humans name. dictate definitely changed quite significantly. The human dictated yeah. lines and names have changed many a time. Oh, yes. All of the people who got some property off the Jesuits made a little bit of cash right off the bat from what was there. And from what I see, they got kicked out of the Philippines as well. Mostly what I read is no one could do it quite as good as the Jesuits. And it was only the Spanish that really fucked it up, though. That really just didn't, like, broke the things more than they managed to pull out of them. The Jesuits are probably like, this is why you can't have nice things. Yes, yes. Because you just fuck it all up. Well, the order was restored in 1814, 
after Napoleon had his run of things because it was generally viewed that the church had been a little bit abused in the wild social and political changes for the past several decades. As we were talking about after World War II, the latter half of the 18th century and the beginning of, of the next was wild. The success of the American Revolution was like the first domino in a many domino succession of revolutions. France had like fucking four of them or some shit. And uh, the church was just slapped around a lot in those revolutions. And then the churchy were really fucked with as well. The Jesuits were reestablished just as they had been before the suppression. So they had made no changes. Everything back to normal, I guess you could say. Everything back to normal. That's all well and good for the Jesuits, but some believe that the Jesuits and some United States financiers engineered the sinking of that Titanic to kill off some of their opposition in the creation of the Federal Reserve. Oh, interesting. So the Jesuits had had a hand in the sinking of the Titanic, huh? That's right. You see, they wanted to get into the Lending Act. You know, there's other theories that uh, say it was the Jews. Really? Well, mm-hmm. the financiers, of course, include J.P. Morgan and the Rothschilds, mm-hmm. who allegedly were the banking agents for the Jesuits. The story goes that Father Francis Brown head of the Jesuits in Ireland, got on the Titanic in Southampton, England, and rode until Queenstown, Ireland, which is now, I believe, pronounced Cobb. On the ship, he took many photographs, which are easily found in an internet search. Because photographs on the internet are always trustworthy. Right, but I mean, you can see, I mean, a bunch of pictures that were taken by some guy. I mean, there's common pictures you see about the Titanic. The photographs actually exist, allegedly. Some of the photographs were the alleged targets of the whole operation, which would be Benjamin Guggenheim, Isidore Strauss, and John Jacob Astor. Uh Uh-huh. See, I knew he had to be on the list because he was one of the richest guys on there. Their combined wealth was over $500 million, which is today over $13 billion. Damn. The Strauss guy was Macy's. Guggenheim, I'm not sure exactly what he did. I think he was just a rich guy like investor and then john jacob astor was just loaded oh yeah Yeah. loaded as fuck they were going to try and block the creation of the federal reserve the jesuits like i said they wanted to start getting into the money lending game like the templars so uh what happened was brown got on and ordered edward smith the captain of the titanic who was also a jesuit to crash into an iceberg Mm mm-hmm there's a yeah that just makes so much sense yes because Someone brought up in the Jesuit way of life. Oh, yeah, I'll just crash this whole fucking ship and let all these, like, women and children and people just die. Die. Yeah. For a little bit of money. I feel like that. Yeah. I, I that That just doesn't gel for me. Probably not. I saw other things saying that brown was a young man and he got the ticket as a present and that some americans had asked them if he wanted to stay on longer and they'd pay for him and he'd already told the captain to crash the ship and then he telegrammed back and asked if he could stay on the ship which makes a lot of sense so there's obviously some differing stories 
and yeah, some of the stories don't totally even make sense stay on a themselves. ship that I knew the captain had been ordered to purposely crash. That I had ordered the captain to crash. That I, wouldn't I stay had on the ordered ship. The, the captain to crash, yeah. It's fucking ridiculous. Mm, yeah, no. If I was going to be that shady, I'd be totally like saving myself and my own life and getting the fuck off that ship. Definitely. There's a lot. There's a whole lot about the Titanic we could go into, which is too much for now. It's a interesting and vast subject. Right. Well, I mean, as many religious zealots that are going to say the Jesuits plotted all that out to take out Astor and uh, Guggenheim, um, there's just as many that also say it was like a Jewish plot to take them out. Yes. And it's all basically just bullshit. It's just people being stupid and hateful. And there's a lot of people that say that it's J.P. Morgan. It was a plot of his and the Rothschilds to put make the ship go down, and that it's possible that there it's that's not even the ship that was originally going to be built as a Titanic. It was a different one. There's a there's a whole bunch of shit about the it's Titanic. It's just it's way too elaborate. It's it's something else. It's definitely literally for, these people are so powerful. You could just hire some hitman to just kill them while they're in their office at the bank or something. I mean, yeah. you know, there's just no it reason to... It seems like to... crashing a ship to kill three dudes is a whole lot of... Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. But we'll talk about the Titanic another time. Yes. The Save federal, it for later. The Federal Reserve was put into place in 1913, and the following year, World War broke out. There are those that believe that this was not a coincidence and that the Jesuits funded the Allied powers. Oh, now, really? The... Did they get, like, Franz Ferdinand... Uh killed too i don't have the specifics because that's kind of actually what actually kicked off world war one was the assassination yes yeah. that's what made everyone start fighting everyone else that's what mm-hmm. actually started like the wars being declared but did they have a hand in that i have just told you the extent of my knowledge of the jesuits and their involvement in mm. world war one okay well it's, it's just interesting theories because I don't know how you would have made it culminate into war any other way. I mean, it was a pretty. Eh, maybe you didn't know exactly how it was going to happen, but you were going to try. You were going to send some pissed off kids with some fucking bombs to go start some shit. Mm-hmm. And you knew from your political knowledge, because, you know, if, if we're working under the assumption that this is a setup, you know things about things abroad and things that are happening politically happening politically you know that something's going to happen so you're just you know instead of you throwing the grenade you're paying a bunch of angry kids to do it yeah i just feel like that's that's a pretty inciting a war i i think inciting a war between two people was something they may have gone to do but it got out of hand maybe but at any rate the theory is is that the Federal Reserve comes out, which allows them to do banking on an international level or whatever. And then World War One breaks out and they're in a position where they can fund the Allied powers. Mm. Yeah. It kind of goes well with the fact that they were targeted by Nazis in World War Two. And then there's also a lot of people that'll say that, oh, hey, uh... The Jesuits were actually in cahoots with the Nazis, but no, I have a few little facts about the 
the Nazis and the Jesuits, aside from a bunch of freaks on YouTube that <laughs> want to go into detail about all the uh, sins and evils of the Jesuits, you got to just to try and get any information. You got to go through about like 20 videos and, and websites, too. And they'll have it right up there. The real history of the Jesuits. And they'll have a picture of Ignatius. And behind him is a giant Nazi swastika. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, the true history. And then you, you clear in the first few lines are, not everyone believes in the devil, but Lucifer exists and it all starts here. And it's just like, oh, Jesus fucking Christ. Okay. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> Moving on. During Nazi Germany, there was about 1,700 members living in Nazi Germany. Yes. Jesuits. Most of them resisted. I, I think pretty much all of them didn't agree with what was going on. Yeah, I can't and imagine And there were a few that, I think one actually became a martyr because of it, but they were actively in the resistance. Yes. And Hitler didn't dig the Jesuits very much. They liked the structure of their society they thought it worked well but that's as far as it went right they're like hey great groundwork hate everything else like you don't want to exterminate people just for no reason christian christianity doesn't really work very well with hitler's whole deal. master plan yeah yeah they, yeah 152 jesuits were murdered by nazis I think it's just straight up killed. Probably. Yeah. 27 died in captivity. So they were captured by the Nazis and died well. Tossed in prison or mm -hmm. in a POW camp or whatever. And then 43 died in concentration camps. Primarily Dachau was the one that they, I think over 30 died in Dachau. Records show a total of 2,720 clergy were, were imprisoned at Dachau. And 95% of those were Catholic. Yeah, Hitler wasn't big on the, the Catholic faith in general. No. Or, yeah, Christianity in general. He liked some of the, the mystic stuff around it. He wanted to, you know, get the spear and all the magic, but he wasn't cool with the people who He's like, I just it. want its magic. Yeah. Yeah. A 1966 investigation turned up a different number, and it actually had records of what happened to the people as well. The 1966 number was 2,771. 692 were dead, and 336 sent out on invalid train loads, which probably referred to the congenitally ill and people who were just, you know, had hurt themselves and weren't recovering. They're just sent away on a train, like, or just sent someplace in, and killed. Yeah, or they're, just they're stuffed presumed, into some box car and sent away to be killed. They were presumed murdered by Nazis. And like you said, 30 of the 43 Jesuit concentration camp deaths occurred in this shithole. Throughout the Nazi empire, Jesuits hid Jewish people in their churches and homes, and 14 have been recognized by Yad Vashem, the official memorial dedicated to the victims of the Holocaust. It also honors Jews and Gentiles who fought against the Nazis. And I'm, I'm pretty sure one has been like martyred in, as a saint, one of, I, one of, one of the, the leaders. Of the, yes, yeah. he... 
Well, he died in 1945, so mm-hmm. he died after the war. Yeah, no, yeah, the one that they sent away, they were worried about him being Yo, okay. martyred. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, that's the one. Okay, that's a different mm. one. Yeah, he, They added him as, like, a prisoner of war, basically. Yeah. And they're yeah, like, like, oh, shit. Fuck, we're just gonna let you go. He was getting sick. Like, ah! Yeah, he was in some other concentration camp. It wasn't Dachau. It was, um, like, Sanchenhausen? Sankenhausen? Something like that. But... Concentration camp. Yeah, yeah. And not doing well, and so they sent him off some other place to try and recover, and then he died in 1945. Too little, too late. Yep. And they're still around today. Uh, Their numbers peaked in the 1950s, and they've been declining since then, but still boast around 20,000 members today. I like how they're recognized as being part of the resistance and helping to save Jews, and yet still there's people that are just like, no. Well, you know, they were fucking Nazis. It's 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 hard to say. I mean, I don't think it's that hard to say. I, I history is written by the winners. That's true. So, and how much of what the Catholic we actually, Church itself has had quite a bit of corruption. Yes, yes. That's another issue I tend to have. Like, why are you just so down on the Jesuits? Like. There are a lot it's of It's not them. like the Catholic Church has had some sort of spotless reputation and it's just like, oh, it's still these Jesuits. They're they're the ones that are Probably because they're the ones that are out there and the ones that are like their face of the Catholic Church. When you think of a Catholic priest, the dudes all dressed in black with the little capes and they got the 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 that's color true, thing. But that's most that's Catholic usually... priests aren't Jesuit priests. A lot of them are. Jesuits are the largest group of of like, I don't know what you call them, uh, specialty Catholics. So, I mean, 20,000. Yeah. But I imagine there's a lot of Roman Catholic priests, traditional Catholic priests out there as well. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm sure. I mean, as far as orders are concerned, I don't, I don't well, actually let's... know how the Catholic Church works. I don't know if you're allowed to be just a regular old everyday, I'm just Catholic, or if you have to join an order. I mean, is it like you don't have to? I mean, who, join. I think. I think when you decide to be a member of the clergy and go to seminary school, that that's when you kind of like make that choice, like which path you're gonna. Like your Hogwarts houses. Mm-hmm. Do they give you like a Bible and it tells you where you're gonna go? You're gonna be a <laughs> Templar. That would be really cool if it did. Yeah. I don't know. I, I I haven't gone to seminary school. I'm not right. allowed. Yeah. Oh, totally. You've got. <laughs> I've got a you, vagina. And you don't stuff. have, yeah. You don't dangle enough. We just had our very first Jesuit pope. Yeah. So think about the how long pope. there's been a pope for like a long, long time. Yes, quite a while. Quite a while, and just now are they? We're getting to our very first one who is a went, Jesuit. Went yeah. the Jesuit direction. It would be interesting to see if what other orders the popes were from or how i just i honestly don't know how the whole order thing works i mean i'm not 100 percent educated on either i listened i will tell you i was hating you just a little bit this week because i listened to a lot of stuff i listened to a lot of religious scholars explaining the difference between like 
Catholic, like Roman Catholic and then Reform Catholic. And then there's some other kind of Catholic that I don't think is Jesuit, but they also reject a lot of the Roman Catholic dogma, like about purgatory and stuff like that. Like anything that's like not actually in the Bible. They're just like, no, Roman, Rome made that up. Yeah, yeah. And then everything that Rome made up and why. And it, it, okay, some of it was interesting and some of it was just like, oh my fucking God, I don't right. want to know any more about this at all. <laughs> like, Nate, are you having some sort of like religious epiphany going on? Like, I mean, it's like Knights Templar, now freaking Jesuits, and like, weird shit man i don't know what to tell you it is weird shit but i'm just like there's so much tediousness that you have to go through to learn anything about it i mean it's a bunch of grown men who all believe one way and do this weird thing one way and they aren't going to take any money and they're not going to have any sex and they're just going to they're not going to take any money allegedly except for all the people that are also grown men who also have all these beliefs who also are convinced that they are taking all the money and doing all the things to get the money but still it's weird and everyone's just like that you know and like well our way is right and these people are the devil and and just all the thing all the you know it says here in ecclesiastes you know 513 blah 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 yeah i'm just like oh my fucking god (laughs) oh well man it it was like when we were looking into the david koresh stuff and you would oh. see all these different branches of Christianity and they would differ on one verse or two verses. Like, mm-hmm. oh, they really see this particular part of Revelations as meaning this instead of this. And it's just so weird to me that that small part of Scripture, of this huge book, that small part causes enough of a schism that you have to make a different church. Right. I feel like that's super weird and jesus would be very concerned about it jesus would be not only concerned jesus would be really disappointed in a lot of people that say that they follow in his uh teachings and paths now the jesuits i think were more like jesus than maybe traditional Roman Catholics, although they were still pretty hardcore too about oh, oh I mean, like oh Protestants, you know, they're fucking heretics. But Jesus would be very disappointed in humanity in general. I tried to <laughs> and find And what's been done in his name, I'm pretty sure if he could come back. I tried to find more stuff that was on the conspiracy side of of the what the Jesuits did. I was looking for like a lot of their like the dark, juicy history online. I was doing a lot of Google searches for it, and I couldn't find anything that was really compelling enough. I mean, I, I, well, there's treasure hidden, you know, there's, they, they hid some of their treasure when they were, yeah, there was nothing, nothing compelling enough, you know? Right. No, no, I couldn't either. I'm just, it was all, which is why I was like wading through all this stuff about all the differences and, you know, these guys and and they have their, like, you know, their chalkboard and they're writing their PowerPoints on, on all this religious stuff stuff that they're talking and all these little like itty bitty differences, uh, in the cat just the catholic religion just the different branches of the catholic religion oh and it was this thing in 1700 that really changed it but you know they they said this one phrase but it actually meant this i mean it was just so much like oh my fucking god and it was just like why are you even making me do this (laughs) (laughs) like what am i supposed to be finding out exactly because 
I feel like I've been having to like study for a test all week or something like that. Uh, well, there was or write a paper for college. I don't know. There were three do... choices, and you chose the Jesuits. I so. yeah. Well, it's not like I haven't enjoyed learning something. I mean, I didn't even have any fucking clue that the Pope was a Jesuit, and that was like a huge thing. Do you feel like a better Catholic? Well, I'm not a Catholic. I don't. Me I'm... neither. But I feel like knowing this makes me a a better. I think I have a better understanding. I (laughs) I think I have a better understanding of how some of the different uh, ways in which Catholics practice Mm -hmm. and some of the little, just little teeny little things that are just like ridiculous. But it's the same way, like you were just saying with like with Protestant Christian churches and how one little quibble over one little verse makes it. So you have to have a whole different thing going on. We can't reconcile this. So man, I have to say, I have enjoyed the church I have gone to sometimes, and not because I don't really like it, but because I'm tired. Waking and up early lazy. on Sundays with all your kids is a pain in the fucking ass. Uh, yeah. 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 <laughs> they actually have online. Uh, you just like to watch a webcam or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> actually, it's it's like a pre-recorded sermon, but check it out. They're really awesome because they are a church where they question everything. Like, why do we even? try and live our life by this fucking book that was written by like a billion different people. If you're a Patreon subscriber, you get that Sunday's sermon. Otherwise you get the last (laughs) Sunday's sermon. (laughs) I'm just saying, uh, East Lake community church is a pretty righteous church for people who don't like church. Well, there you go. If you're just kind of looking to explore some things and maybe just, it's more just like, like how can I be a better person? And why, why are these, why do I, want to believe these beliefs it's more about your own human nature like why do we want to believe in heaven obvious reasons why do we want to believe in hell and early on a sunday (laughs) (laughs) it pacifies certain needs that we have just as human beings but that doesn't necessarily mean that it's real so i think it's the first church that whatever had somebody come up and say like well this is why we created heaven and this is why we created hell. And these are all just, you know, parts of our psyche that looks at it in, it. More re- in a more real way. It looks at it in a very real way. And not and just like, oh man, this is all this like mystical shit. It, it's definitely not a church that's going to be like, this is our rules and this is how you live by, these are our church's rules and this is how you honor God yeah, totally. by following them. It's like, question all rules of all churches because. Probably they're just trying to control you. This is why. Because what are even our rules, man? Exactly. What are even our rules? It's like I was talking about with the with the guy and the hating the atheist. Yeah, yeah. Just the, the idea that somebody can just live a moral life and, and do things because it's what's right, not because they fear God. Right. And... Not because they're doing it because they're afraid if they don't, this will happen. Right. But it's... just because... I know nothing's going to happen and I'm still being a good person. Right. Like, can you imagine just being a good person and not believing in God? This guy couldn't wrap his mind around it. Lots of people don't. Yeah. Lots Lots of of people people don't. don't. But that church is definitely one where it's like, no, you don't have to believe anything. And that's okay. Well, that is, that's good. Now, as I said, I was deep into my homework. Yes. So I did find a, a couple little fun facts. All right. And interesting things. Didn't get into the whole conspiracy thing a whole lot, but 
Random fun fact, Jesuits discovered quinine. Really? Or quinning, as you would say it. Yes. In Britain. In the 17th century, they discovered it. Can you imagine how many people's lives have been saved? I think maybe they use different stuff now, but they use that to prevent malaria for hundreds of years. Yeah, yeah. Hundreds of years. I was going to ask if that's what that was. Yeah, that was the stuff that you used to take when you were going to go to India or Africa Africa or or wherever. Wherever wherever there's mosquitoes that transmit malaria, you had to take your quinine tablets. It's also in tonic water, I should I say. See. So that's why without it, there would be no. Yeah, there would be no gin and tonics. Gin maybe, and tonics maybe the, it would have been discovered later, but not soon enough. Not soon enough. Gin yeah. and tonics and people not dying from malaria. That's that's pretty awesome. Two great tastes that go great together. This isn't a conspiracy theory, but it's kind of a miracle, I guess you could categorize it okay hiroshima all right not a great place to be nope when the atomic bomb is dropped i would say that probably the worst place on earth to be at that point besides nagasaki right (laughs) where where the other atomic bomb is the worst place in the world is to be any place the atomic bomb is being dropped absolutely or the best place because it's gone over so quick depends on how you look at it i guess well not for everyone it's not over quick that ground zero it is for ground zero and if you're at the like the epicenter and that yeah that shock wave and blast takes you the fuck out but if you're not so close but you're affected by the lethal doses of radiation and so you get to die a horribly slow awful death don't want any of that did you watch chernobyl no dude you gotta watch chernobyl i don't have time to watch things that are fun i understand that well i haven't watched i was just saying this earlier i haven't watched stranger things three me neither i'm gonna remedy that tonight though me and the kids are going to watch that shit tonight. I will be editing audio. Finally have like a Saturday night at home. That's lovely. This is like the first Saturday night at home since before we went on vacation. Damn. Yeah. Damn. It's been some time. It has been some time because we got back on a Sunday and there was the whole week. And then last weekend we had our lovely friend TJ's wedding. Yes. I'm going to read to you an article just straight out of straight out of the internet about the miracle. One would think miracle Hiroshima not a thing you normally that normally goes right. together. Throw in some Jesuits though and see what happens. This comes from the Catholic News Agency. And it's titled, The Miracle of Hiroshima. Jesuits survived the atomic bomb thanks to the rosary. Wow. The Jesuits priests, Hugo LaSalle, Hubert Schiffer, Wilhelm Klinstorg, and Hubert Keislick were at the rectory of the Church of Our Lady of the Assumption, one of the few buildings that resisted the bomb blast. Father Keislick wrote in his diary that they only sustained minor injuries from the broken windows, but nothing resulting from the atomic energy that was unleashed. 
The doctors who took care of them afterwards warned them that the radiation they received would produce serious lesions as well as illness and premature death. The diagnosis never materialized. Wow. No disorders ever developed, and in 1976, Father Schiffer attended the Eucharistic Congress in Philadelphia and told his story. He confirmed that the other Jesuits were still alive and without any ailments. They were examined by dozens of doctors some 200 times over the course of the following years without any trace of the radiation being found in their bodies. The four religious never doubted that they had been blessed with protection by God and the Blessed Virgin Mary. Quote, we were living in the message of Fatima and we prayed the rosary every day, they explained. Bishop Tarsicio Iseo Kikuchi of Nagata said August 6th that Japan can contribute to peace, quote, not with new weapons, but with the noble activities that have a long history in the growth of the world and in a particular way in developing countries, end quotes. Bishop Kikuchi added that, quote, this contribution to development, which brings about full respect for human dignity and its fulfillment, would be very appreciated and respected by the international community, end quote. That's Act- some serious shit. <laughs> yep. Pretty crazy. Yeah, certainly is. Luck or the rosary. Who knows? Who knows? I certainly don't. Neither do I. It's very strange. But it seems to be a legitimate thing. Hey, they reported about it. It's doctors of... It's, I mean, shit. Fucking crazy shit. I don't have an answer. Something was protecting them. Whether it was a rosary or maybe, I mean, there was like a lot of lead in the building. It was old. It was an old church. Yeah, right. <laughs> Lead paint There's saved lead their lives. Paint. <laughs> yeah, it's hard to say. That's what I keep thinking. Maybe, Something, yeah. I mean, lead it actually keeps out radiation quite well. Yeah, yeah. So, could be, or that's just me going to look for a, a scientific explanation for it. But yeah. others say it was others the hand say it of was, God. Yeah, divine, divine power and providence and protection, and. uh they came out on top regardless. Yeah. Absolutely. But that's all I have on the Jesuits. Well, I think that's about it for our episode today. We'd like to thank you all very much for listening. And we'd like to point you to our... Social medias. Yes. First off, check out ageofradio.org. That would be our podcast network. There you can find our show page, which is ageofradio.org slash stranger than. You can find all of our episodes there. And and it's a great network. You can find lots of podcasts. To listen yes, to. definitely. Lots of excellent podcasts. You can find us on Twitter at underscore stranger than. Instagram, we are stranger than podcast. We're also on Spotify and Facebook as stranger than podcast. Come check out our Facebook private group called The Strange Space. We just post things there that are pertinent to topics we've talked about and fucking memes, man. Yeah, yeah. because I I can't always be as free as I'd like to be on my uh, my personal right. page with yeah. the memes. And I love the strange space because I'm like, oh, this is fucked up. I can post it here. That's right. If you like our podcast and you'd like to hear an extra episode every month, go to our Patreon site 
patreon.com slash stranger than podcast for a five dollar a month donation you will get an extra episode every month there are also one dollar and two dollar peer that have other perks that you get along with them do you like us do you want to talk to us do you want to give us an episode suggestion do you have a comment about an episode do you have a story of your own you'd like us to share have you been abducted by aliens would you like us to share the story? We'd love to share the story. Do you have a ghost in your house? Let us know. We'll share that story too. Tell us all about the ghost. I have a ghost too. It's an asshole. There you go. Our email is strangerthanpodcast at gmail.com. You can also send us a message on the Facebook or whatever. We don't check Twitter that much, so. Give and it by a... that much, basically never at all. Yes. If you would like some merchandise, a cup, a shirt, pillowcase a pillow a cell phone case whatever go to tpublic.com slash user slash stranger than podcast and find some sweet sweet gear other than that we will talk to you next time and stay strange <laughs>